thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Primal Alternative Podcast, featuring actionable tips from real people with real stories about real food. This show is presented by Primal Health Coach Helen Marshall, who empowers other paleo-loving, thermomix-owning mums to start a sustainable, faff-free business of their own with the Primalista License. The Primalista License brings primal alternatives to the foods we love to our communities, making primal living more doable with less falling off the wagon. The Primalista License is available at www.primalalternative.com. And now, introducing your host, Helen Marshall. Welcome to episode 15. Wow. What a milestone. Seriously, I am thrilled that you are here. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am amazed that I've managed to record 50 episodes and have to pinch myself, to be honest, every day. Well, not every day, but quite regularly. That I have got a podcast that's on the wellness couch, which for me, is just the best podcast station with all the cool people on it. And I've got a little show on there too. It's amazing, like mind-blowing. So I just want to take a moment to acknowledge this milestone because we're so quick, aren't we, just to like dismiss things like this and move on to the next thing and what's for dinner and what needs to be added to the shopping list and where do I get a violin from? for school, <laughs> which are just some of the other things going around my head right now. So yeah, wow, 50, amazing. So before I get into the episode with Emma Paulette, the body love coach, she is amazing. We're going to talk about something that we don't really talk about, which is body image. I really think that body image is something we're talking about between our own two ears but we're not actually uh, acknowledging that it's quite a problem and that we can, you know, acknowledge our internal programming and rewrite it essentially so that we can go on and live a much, much more enough life, you know, where you're not just like dismissing opportunities, you know, from anything from, you know, an intimate moment with your partner to you know appearing on stage or standing up in a board meeting at work or you know going to a parents and children meeting or whatever it is because you're feeling that your tummy's too big or you're too fat or nothing fits you know like I think most of us have been there so it's a really interesting conversation something very close to my heart Um, And Emma's going to talk us through her body love method. So she's going to share with you exactly what you can do to transform your body image story. Very cool episode. Very cool episode. But before we dive into that, let me quickly run through my news. This is the third intro I've recorded word. The first one I did on mute. The second one I did, but I didn't plug my microphone in, so it just sounded awful. And, you know, I know for a fact I would have switched off. I was like, I'd be like, what is this woman rambling on about? And in the background, because you don't know if you know, but we're building a little extension off our beautiful home, tiny little gorgeous house. 
and it's full on here. And so I was recording the intro while the earthworks were happening outside. It was kind of crazy. <laughs> There's lots of beeps and reverse noises and it wasn't good. So I was listening to the preview just to make sure it sounded okay. And I was like, nah, this isn't good enough. I need to do another quick intro. So here we go. Number three, I did a demo today in Potential Primalistas Facebook group. And that's for people who are thinking about becoming a primal alternative producer. And I had major tech gremlins today too, like seriously. (laughs) Half an hour, I was trying to get onto Facebook and present my little demo, my Facebook kept kicking me out after about two minutes into it. So I had to uh, resume on Zoom and luckily quite a few awesome women followed me around for half an hour and finally hooked up with me on Zoom, but seriously. So if you are interested, if you've got a passion for clean living and if you want to make a difference in your community and want to have your own business, but to be part of something already tried and tested and something cool and fun and to be part of a national network of local communities, consider or check it out how to become a primalista, which is basically a producer of my food range primal alternative. So I've created a food range that um, takes the deprivation out of a grain-free journey basically. So I've found whole food versions or alternatives of all the things we love to eat that we couldn't really go without on a long-term basis, like bread, pizzas, cookies, pastries, in conjunction with quirky cooking, jellies, and um, we have a special low-carb range called Fat and Seedy. I've got a bread in there that's just got one gram of carbs per slice and a pizza base that's just got four grams of carbs per base. And use flash. Today saw the launch of our brand new triple choc, triple choc chip. What's it called? Triple choc keto cookie. (laughs) Triple choc keto cookie launched today. It's only got 1.8 grams of total carbs per cookie, and that's made up from they're made from erythritol which uh, doesn't affect blood sugar. So non-impact, non-insulin, increasing, doesn't mess around, no glycemic variabilities for you, and you can still have a beautiful dark chocolate treat with a cup of coffee. I I prefer them with the most. Dark chocolate and coffee, match made in heaven. Not just chocolate, not double chocolate, but triple choc. And we just thought, you know, we'll put it out there, you know, We'll say it's available and it'll be in stockists soon and be on the online shop soon, you know, once all the primalistas get their labels and their ingredients. But <laughs> the primalistas have just been smashed today with people. Where can I buy them? Where, when are they available? Which is like so cool. And just goes to show that there's a real, um, people are really benefiting from a low-carb diet but still are wanting Something delicious and why not? Like, shouldn't life be delicious and deprivation-free? I mean, I 100% think that. So we've also got our hot cross buns coming out for Easter and our Easter fruit toast, which is so yum, not low-carb. But I am thinking about having a bit of a play with some low-carb hot cross buns. So let me know if you'd be interested in that. I'm not sure if you would or not. Also on the blog this week, I've just released a chocolate berry smoothie, which I'm currently slurping on. 
Uh, it's delicious. I've decided that too low carb doesn't suit me. I definitely need some carbs. Most all my meals are low carb, but I definitely need some carbs. And I'm just recovering from thyroid issues, and we definitely need some carbohydrates for that T4 to T3 conversion. And so too low carb has not been good for me. So in my chalk um, berry smoothie, I've got beautiful carbs in the form of bananas, a couple of Magil dates, over three smoothies, mind you, and some blueberries. Uh, and it's delicious. So check it out if you want a nice afternoon snack or an ice cream equivalent or a thick shake equivalent chocolate milk, you know, alternative. Check it out. So I think that's the news from Primal Alternative. The Primalista Discovery Call died this week and the Primalista interview was born. So no more fluffy discovery call. What does that mean anyway? What is that? And I've been saying for months now, the Primalista Discovery Call, it's a bit like an interview. So I've decided to save all those words and on all of that, my, all of my life that I'm wasting saying that and just saying Primalista interview. So apply for an interview I'll ask you some questions around you. I'll get to get a feel for you. We'll get to have an interview. We'll get to, you know, basically check out whether we think we can work well together, like you do in an interview, and then decide whether it's right for you. I've also put a kind of like a a cap on how many primalistas are going to join Primal Alternative today. Just I'm really mindful to um, keep the awesome culture that we've got and not dilute it, not grow too fast. Just take things one step at a time because I just have a really, we've got a really solid foundation now and I really want to build on that and not grow too quickly. So I've got 80 spots available for new Primalistas in 2019 and 20 in this term. So I'm finishing interviews by the end of March. So if you think, oh, this sounds interesting, go to primalalternative.com forward slash franchise and you can find out how it all works or join Potential Primalistas Facebook group and check out the demo that I put up there yesterday or join me for, I do demos every two weeks because I really love, seriously, demo days are my favourite day. I love connecting with you and same with podcasts. I feel like I'm really chatting to you across the table. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so that's where you can find all the info about that. Now, I'm also a primal health coach, and on Monday, the 11th of Feb, I am running a free, first time ever, won't be repeated, never say never, but I don't think I'll do it again, and Thrive is going up from $57 to $97, so now's a really good time to give it a whirl, but I'm doing a live free round of of Thrive, which is a 21-day clean living journey. So if you want a bit of a reset or you want to take things next level and you want to get some fresh ideas around food, movement, mindset, it's a big, big part of the picture, and lifestyle, just some real tweaks that are so doable, but there's no dogma and there's no deprivation, there's no detox part of it, right? (laughs) It's just real food, spending time in nature, spending time with friends, I'll hook you up with an accountability sister for the 21 days to enjoy the ride with. So head to primalalternative.com forward slash thrive to sign up. And you need to get in there ASAP because we start on Monday. And that's going to be happening in Wellness Sisters, which is my brand new 
uh, membership program. So you can come and find out what we've been doing in Wellness Sisters since I launched that on December the 5th. Is that all my news? Thrive, cookies, Wellness Sisters, demos. Hey, I think I'm done. All right. Hopefully this uh, sound quality is perfect and a pleasure to listen to and not too annoying because now we're going to get into the interview with Emma, which I do know has recorded wonderfully and you're going to love this interview. So if you like what you hear and you want to help me on my mission to reach more women, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes or five-star rating. And if you've got the time, chuck a review in there as well. I'd really appreciate it. All right. And now let's have a chat to Emma. Welcome to the show, Emma. I'm so wrapped that you've joined me today to talk about everything body love. I'm thrilled to be here. It's exciting. It is. It's so exciting because I don't know about you, but I really think that body love and body image is something that nobody's talking about. Do you find that? Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm immersed in the world, so I feel like I'm surrounded by it. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's really interesting. A lot of the private clients that come to me, uh, you know, I've never seen them like anything that I've done on Facebook or interacted with me in any way, shape or form. And then all of a sudden they're showing up, you know, to do a one-on-one private coaching program with me. Mm. And I think that's a really good indication that women don't want to talk about it especially not in public. They're quite happy to talk about it one-on-one or maybe with a close friend, but it's not something they necessarily want to admit to um, publicly. But interestingly, this morning I posted a, um, a post about feeling like I've always felt like I don't fit in, you know, and even now I'm not really skinny and I'm not totally fat, you know, and I, I'm a personal trainer, but I don't like running and I'm a yoga teacher and my, cl- my, t- my students like to say that I'm the most inflexible yoga teacher they've ever seen. <laughs> so, you know, and when I posted this this morning, already there's been so many likes and so many um, comments. So it's interesting to talk about overall feeling like you don't fit in, but I think talking about your body specifically can feel really confronting. Mm, I think you're right. And I think that um, body image is something that a lot of people are having a conversation about in their own head, like every day when they put their clothes yeah. on or um, the times I find that I'm sort of most self-conscious, if you like, is, um, you know, if you're going into town, you know, it's okay, it's slopping around your home and you and you comfy pants, but then when you've got to like, you know, make a public appearance, like you, you start to yes. what are people going to think? And then I know um, that there are a lot of women who miss out on a lot of opportunities purely because mm-hmm. they, they don't feel like they look the part. Like they're like, well, if there's an opportunity to speak on stage, but I'm not slim enough, so I'll say no. Like there's, you know what I mean? It's like this is a massive, massive topic that's really holding women back. And I love, like I follow you on Facebook and um, I'm sure the listeners are going to follow you after this show as well. But the thing that I love that you post on there is like, you know, when women get together, we shouldn't be sitting down talking about the things we can't eat. We should be talking about the amazing things we're doing in the world, you know, like, and I just really yeah. love what you're doing in terms of creating, a t- you know, creating a talking point around a pretty taboo topic that nobody's talking about and just really yeah. normalizing real people because, you know, like 
I'm the same as you. I'm a primal health coach and I don't look like a catwalk model. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and only the catwalk models look like that, by the way. And even they don't look like that because they, well, on the catwalk they might, but, you know, in magazines they don't actually look like that either. So there's so much to live up to. It's really difficult. It's really hard. It is really hard, but I think we get into a point now where it's like people are actually uh, are actually thinking, I don't want to actually live up to this. I want to be my real, you know, we're really getting away from that like polished perfection and we're going more for authentic real life, you know? And, and so, so hopefully the tide's turning, but before we get into all about the body love method and your academy and what the difference is from feeling fat to actually being fat and how mm-hmm. important um, autonomy is in your life to, to really create great health. Take us back, Emma, like tell me your story. How did you get into this, into this world? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a lifetime story. I remember being about three and my dad sort of tickling me and saying, have you got a watermelon under there referring to my belly? And even at the age of three, I thought it's, that's kind of a weird thing. <laughs> like I, I couldn't have articulated it, but I remember the feeling of, why are you talking about my belly? And then during um, school, I did a lot of ballet. So it was always sucking your belly, pulling your t- um, bottom, you know, and like trying to be as skinny as possible. Got to my late teenage years and early 20s and I was, um, I was naturally really thin at that point and people would always say, are you anorexic? So then, you know, now I was being commented on my body for a different reason. Mm. Um, in my mid-twenties, unfortunately, my dad passed away when he was quite young and around that time is when I lived with a really good friend and we discovered cask wine. <laughs> so it was kind of like, you know, a few drinks after work every night and um, I remember seeing my mum shortly after that and having some photos taken and my mum saying, oh, darling, you should learn to suck in your tummy when you have your photo taken. And I was just like, wow, there's this tummy thing that keeps coming up. Um, and then in my mid thirties, once I got to my thirties, my body changed. And I guess a lot of listeners will find the same thing that maybe in your twenties, everything, you could eat whatever you wanted and not exercise and you'd be fine. But in your thirties, the body starts to change. And so even though I was, you know, I was still actually probably a size 10 to 12, but I wasn't naturally an eight anymore. I, I started to worry about my size. I used to think, I need to go to the gym and I need to go on diets. And I was very paranoid about the size of my belly um, and got quite obsessed. So I'd go through patches of doing hardcore diets and calorie counting and going to the gym and maybe going to the gym in the morning and at lunchtime and being really kind of obsessed. And I remember being, you know, at the office and, you know, really counting what I was eating and um really being unhealthy about it and becoming really obsessed about it. But then also in my mid-30s, I was diagnosed with stage 4 endometriosis. And obviously that's a disease that is in the reproductive area, obviously in the belly, probably why I'd been quite um, bloated in the belly area for many, many years. So, you know, a diet um, wasn't really actually going to fix it. But um, I had a long-term battle with that. So I had a number of surgeries. And I felt like I was fighting a battle with my body, not only in the way it looked, but also the way it felt. You know, I wanted, I felt like I was eating well, so why wasn't I more energized? Well, it was because of the endometriosis. So lots of struggles with my body in my 30s. And finally decided to quit my job in my 
um, when I was 39, I think it was, because I just was so overwhelmed and stressed and still trying to lose weight. I tried a boxing class and I absolutely fell in love with boxing. It felt so good to punch things. <laughs> and so I, within a few weeks, I was like, this is what I want to do. So I quit a stressful corporate job, moved from Sydney back to Western Australia and became a personal trainer and a health coach. And for a long time, being a personal trainer and health coach, it was all weight loss focused. I was trying to help, help women lose weight. And I thought, um, that's empowering women. If they lose weight, they're going to feel more confident. They're going to then want to go out and take on the world. And then a couple of years ago, my endometriosis came back just because of the severity of it. Um, my surgeon and I decided that I would have a full hysterectomy. So I did that at the beginning of 2017. And within, like I was still in hospital, it was probably the day after the surgery. I remember lying in, in the bed, probably highly medicated, probably helped the situation, but I felt like I had literally a divine message. It hit me in the heart. This, this has never happened to me before or since actually, but I really felt like this was a message from, you know, a higher power. And they said, they said to me, Emma, you've punished your body, body for long enough. Now it's time to love it. And even saying that to you now, I can feel the emotion because it just really hit me in the heart because, you know, all the diets and exercise, full-on exercise and the drinking and all sorts of stuff that I'd done had just really damaged me and not just my body but also my soul. And I really took that on board immediately and it became really easy. A few, days, a few months later, I was in Bali and I got a little love heart tattoo just to remind myself to love myself. But even with my clients, I was still talking about weight loss because I felt like that's what people wanted. And then I engaged a business coach and she was giving me some feedback on a website, a web page I'd put together. And she'd left me a voicemail message. So I wasn't having a conversation, but I could hear her voice. And the first photo that I'd put at the top of the page, she said, oh, I don't know about this photo. There's a lot of tummy. And I was like, you're kidding me. There's this tummy comment again. There's that tummy comment. She scanned down. There's another. Oh yeah. It was just like my whole life. Mm. <laughs> um, and then another photo, she said, oh, this looks like a before photo and then before and after photo. And I was like, really? And then the next photo, she said, I love, love this photo. It's amazing. And it was two years old. It was before my hysterectomy, before I went into menopause. And I just thought, wow, like, women really do this to each other, like comment on each other's bodies. But also I thought I've got a message no matter what my body looks like. I don't understand why this is a problem. And I spent about a week in tears. I was really upset, really, really upset. And by the end of the week, I finally dawned on me. The reason I'm crying is because up until, I don't know when it stopped, but I haven't been talking about my body in a bad way for quite some time. The negative self-talk had really gone away. So when someone had said it to me, it felt really shocking because it wasn't something that was going on in my head anymore. And that was a really huge realisation. I thought, wow, if I can do that, I reckon I can help other people do that too. How powerful is that? And so I spent a few months really pondering, what have I done for me helped me get to this place of someone who used to go to the gym two or three times a day and 
you know, was on a permanent diet to someone who no longer spoke about her body in that way. And that's how I created the body love method because I really figured out the things that I'd done that had really helped me, you know, make that transition. So that's my story. It feels really long. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's an amazing story, Emma. Thank you so much for sharing. So, you know, sharing just all of the truth and just being vulnerable with us and, and giving us the whole story because, you know, when you described your, um, you know, your, the way that you lived your life before you had your epiphany and your a divine message, um, you know, it sounds kind of extreme, but, but, you know, counting calories <laughs> and excessive exercising was actually considered healthy. You know, that, that's what we, that's what we mm. had been um, brought up to think, you know, like I worked in gyms, that's what I told women to do you know, eat under 1,500 yeah. calories a day and work out. It was all about eat less, move more. And although we look back now and think, Jesus, that was extreme. And now we're all in our 40s and paying the price of like how, we've, yeah. how, how that's damaged our metabolism and how it's damaged our hormones, you know, um, we, and damaged our body. And like you say, our soul, we're all paying the price for it now. But, you know, you're, you're not alone. And I know a lot of people will be listening to this thinking, mm-hmm. shit, I totally relate to what, what Emma's saying, you know, like I, I know some of my clients have told me that they used to just fill up on Diet Coke because it was fizzy, yeah, zero calories in it, and there was no real, there was no real link between, well, actually, that's just toxic shit. And <laughs> like, yeah. I, lo- I, lost yeah. tooth. I lost a tooth because I drank so much Diet Coke because, you know, they're acid. Well. Yeah, so if, if it's rotted a tooth, what the hell has it done to my gut lining? You know what I mean? Like, so <laughs> anyway, it's, anyway, it's scary and it's um, amazing how our, how our bodies can, can heal. But just before we move on to your method and, and all of the things that you've learned, which I know like people are like, tell us what to do. But before we move on to that, <laughs> what did you do with this coach that was a little bit critical? <laughs> did you keep her or did well, you <laughs> Well, I'd signed up to a certain amount of sessions and this was probably about half um, about halfway through, when after that week, when I'd had my epiphany, I emailed her and said, "It's not your job to, you know, to comment on women's bodies. That's not how you should be coaching people, in my opinion." Mm-hmm. And she was instant, like she was, she was one of those people that tried to like always be so busy and stuff. You know, it might take me a few days to get back to you or whatever. Quite self-important. And but she emailed me within ten minutes. Oh, I didn't mean that. That's not what I meant. Blah blah. And I said, well, you know, it's just you don't need to comment on my body. Um, within a few weeks, I had listened to one of her podcasts, and she spoke a lot about her own body image issues. Uh-huh. So I was actually able to practice forgiveness for her. She was trying. She was trying to protect me in the same way my mum commenting on my you know, pulling in my belly in photos. My mum's just trying to protect me in the environment in which we live, which is women's bodies should look a certain way, right? So it's not to say, I don't think either of them meant to say, you're an ugly cow. <laughs> what they're trying to do is support me and protect me. You know, she was sort of thinking, Emma's a personal trainer. Will she get me clients if she's got a brown belly? Mm-hmm. I like to know that I've proved her wrong. Yes, I can get a client's. But you know, she really was coming from a protective um, mindset. And then I morphed into this um, body love stuff. And by the time I'd finished the program, I said, look, 
to, I guess, thank you in a way because you've pushed me in. You This incident yeah. with you pushed me into what I was meant to be doing. So that's how I feel about her now. Yeah, wonderful. So you, so you educate her and you, you, um, you looked at it with compassion. And it, I, love, I love how you've described that because for any of our listeners um, that are sort of, you know, relating your story to situations in their life, and I've been, you know, prodded in the tummy and, you know, said I'm fat. And even my daughter says to me, are you having a baby sometimes, you know? <laughs> it's just like, yeah. it's, I don't know. Like, where does she get from? I don't know. But um, but I, I can see it from a protection kind of thing. And, and I also have seen in, like, other school mums um, and friends who, you know, like have made comments about their daughter's weight. And I guess it's, it is a protection thing. It's like you, you don't want to – because the world is like it is about – body image and perfection so you know you're just trying to send your it's not coming from a critical way really is it it's more it's no and also your coach was projecting her own body image issues onto you and I think that might be another mother-daughter thing as well you know like if you haven't had the body that you wanted then you might project that onto your daughter so that she can have I don't know, a better life because she's got a better body. But let, let's just talk about that for a minute because what I've found from being in the, um, the fitness industry for decades is that people lose the weight and it doesn't solve all the problems. <laughs> really found that too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And also, in general, the extreme things they have to do to lose the weight it's just not sustainable. So if you're pinning your self-worth to something that's not sustainable, it just frightens me, you know, it's really scary. So, mm. yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And, yeah, I do know even people who've had, you know, lap band surgery and stuff like that and they're still not happy. You know, that's huge. That's serious stuff. So It is. It yeah, is. it's more it about is. how you feel. It should be about how you feel. But it's very difficult and I understand that when you're surrounded by, constantly surrounded by perfection, you know, Mm. everywhere. It's everywhere. So it's hard not to want that. It is. It is. Mm. It is. Let's, oh God, there's so much that I want to talk about, but let's get, let's, let's dive (laughs) into the body love method. So how did you, so you, you tell us how you created it and, and what does it involve? So the body love method, as I said, I sort of created it after I figured out I wasn't really beating myself up in the way I used to. I mean, I used to wake up in the morning and weigh myself and then I got over weighing myself and thought I was so good, except I'd wake up and the first thing I'd do would be walk over to the mirror and pick up my shirt to see how big my belly looked that day. (laughs) So like, and I don't do that stuff anymore. I just, it's amazing. So the body love method came from that transition and it really is, it's a combination, I guess, of spiritual and practical practices that women or men can do to really sort of discover what's important to them and what will make them feel good because that's more important necess- than, you know, necessarily what size you are because, um, you know, all our bodies are different and it's just such a waste of time wanting someone else's body because, you know, your body is your body and that's all you can really do about it. Um, so there's three different phases of the, of the body love method. So the first phase is um, engage and release. So it's engaging in the process and saying that, yes, I do want to love my body the way it is right now, 
I do want to accept that it might not ever look like a supermodel. I do want to reject, you know, diet culture and, um, you know, the, the images of perfection around me. I want to not reject them and say they're terrible. That's the way they are. But understand that I want, I'm different and I can look, I can look good the way I am. I can feel good the way I am. So that's engaging in the process and then releasing some of this old programming. So we've all got the programming. I've still got the programming. We all have it, you know, but it's rejecting and releasing some of that stuff. So in that section of the body love method, we do things like set an intention. So a lot of um, trainers or coaches or whatever will talk about goals. And I find goals because they're generally kind of numbers-based, a very sort of pass or fail. And um, I prefer to talk about intention because that's something you can infuse into everything you do as opposed to sort of just what you eat or just what you, how you exercise your body. So we set an intention. Then we do some decluttering. So it could be physical decluttering but also a lot of emotional decluttering. But um, especially that wardrobe, you know, the stuff you're hanging on to because you might fit into it one day, that stuff is actually not really doing you any good. It's, it's um, sort of constantly reminding you that you're not good enough. So we do um, decluttering and then we do forgiveness work because usually after we've done the decluttering, we need to forgive ourselves for some of the stuff we've done we need to forgive other people we need to forgive the media we need to forgive the patriarchy you know whatever whatever has really sort of got you upset and made you feel bad about yourself there's a lot of forgiveness work to be done and then we do we choose like a positive anchor so something that will remind us through this kind of body love journey what we're trying to do because we're so constantly um surrounded by the other messages in the media we need something if you want to be a body love person you need to have something around you that reminds you to keep you on track because otherwise it's really hard so as i said i went very extreme and got a tattoo (laughs) because i've got a permanent reminder of what what i'm trying to achieve so that's the first phase and then the second phase is exploring and it's called explore and support and this is where we explore new ways of looking after ourselves and new ways of supporting our bodies because most people will say if you want to change your body or change the way you feel you need to go straight into sort of diet and exercise and I just want to help women find new ways of looking at their body first because we're going to get to diet and exercise so in the explore and support section, we talk about things like the chakras. And so this is where we start getting a bit more spiritual. But I found for me when I learned about the chakras and understood that our, you know, our bodies are actually, you know, they're physical and they're emotional and they're spiritual. They're not just the physical thing. And when you start to think about that, um, it really frees you up from just seeing your body as this one-dimensional physical thing. I found the chakras were really, learning about them was really transformational for me. Then we also do meditation. There's studies to show that three weeks of self-compassion meditation can make you feel better about your body compared to people who are doing the normal diet and exercise thing. So you, can you, meditation can actually make you feel better um, in terms of the way your body, your body confidence and your body acceptance. Mm. Um, then... Yeah, which is really amazing because it's something anyone can do. <laughs> and, yeah, um, so, yeah and, and, and so powerful. Yeah. Like, like I'm a big meditation fan, as you know, and, yeah, just yeah. The, the way that it can completely, it's, it's almost like a superpower, I think, meditation. It just changes everything. 
Yeah, it is. And, you know, when we think about body positivity and stuff, there are people out there who are injured or really unwell and they can't do certain things or they can't eat certain ways. They have to be very specific. But meditation is something that's available to everybody. So I like that. Um, so after we've done some meditation, we also will um, – I'm having a mental blank. <laughs> How funny. While you're, blank while, you're just, while you're just recovering your own body love method, it is early. <laughs> it's very early. Um, it is, yeah. <laughs> you, I know you mentioned about uh, your positive anchor. You've got your love heart on your – Risk. Yeah. What would can you? And I'm thinking positive anchors is is a, such a great idea. But if you didn't want to get a tattoo, can you give us an idea of some yeah. other positive anchors that maybe some of your other clients have have chosen instead? Well, some people would choose something simple like um, music, so they'll choose a song that they can listen to every single day, or um, people certain essential oils will invoke a feeling of being positive as well. Um, something I've just bought this, this week, I've found a moisturizer that's got the words body love written on them. <laughs> so it's, I'm a very literal sort of person. To your brand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of different ways you can do it and it, it's very, very personal. So this is something that I really like to work with, with my private clients because, you know, it will change over time as well. What's important to you. So, um, but they're, they're just a few examples. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. It, so did you find you, did you flow again with your body love method? So after you did, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm back into it. Sorry. <laughs> Halfway through and I forgot. Um, journaling is the next part. So journaling is a really important um, tool for decluttering, I guess, emotionally as well. And I, you know, a lot of people go, I don't know what to write about or I don't have time. And so the practice I've been doing so far this year every morning is just, just to pull an oracle card from one of my decks and put a timer on for three minutes and just journal about that. And some of the stuff that's come out from just three minutes of journaling every day has been really profound. So I think it's easy to make excuses about why you can't do things, but I, you know, I'm a practical Virgo, I can't help but find ways for people to be able to fit things in no matter what. There's always a way to do this. So, yeah, journaling. And then the last part of this section is the toolkit. So the toolkit are all the other things that you do for yourself to really look after your body. So an example that comes to mind is having a monthly massage or going to see a chiropractor once a month or, um, you know, um, things like getting a pedicure or whatever it is, but it's those things that you do for your body that are kind of outside everything else in the body love method that you do on a regular basis that will support you and make you feel like you're loving your body and caring for it. So that's the second part. And then the third part is where we do sort of really love our body and we do the things that we've been taught, but more from a loving kindness kind of perspective. So the first thing is movement and I've called it movement rather than exercise because um, exercise sounds really formal and some people are really put off by the word exercise because of the way that they've exercised in the past. So um, movement can be just as simple as making sure you get up from the desk every you know, half an hour or so and have a little walk around or it could be dancing with your kids or it could be something more formal. but 
finding a way to love exercise again. I think one of the things I'm most angry about when it comes to diet culture is that this amazing thing we have, which is exercise or movement, has kind of been stripped away from us and been made into a chore, you know, and there are so many benefits to exercise and moving your body and it makes me cranky that some people shun it completely because they've been burned by you know, full-on trainers or full-on programs in the past. Like totally, like I 100% agree with you on this one. And the thing that gives me the shit the most about exercise is that any kind of other movement that you do throughout the day, and most women, like I've been uh, wearing an aura ring lately and just like monitoring my activity, like there aren't any, (laughs) there isn't an hour where I'm not moving around because, you know, I'm running a house, I'm cleaning the house, I'm cooking, I'm doing the laundry, you know, like just that's outside of going to a formal gym class. But a lot of women don't count that everyday movement. You know, they might be like rushed mm. on their feet for 10 hours a day, but unless they've gone to, you know, a gym class or met their personal trainer, they feel like they haven't done any exercise, which is crazy, isn't it? Like you don't need to go to the gym to, to move your body unless you love it. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Exactly, unless you love it. And but the other thing is, um, you know, we've been fed a lie that exercise will help you lose weight. You know, you ha- you've seen those things online where it's like, in a mini Mars bar, you must have run for two hundred hours to burn it off, kind of thing. But you know what it means. <laughs> but um, so exercise will be obviously if you're into bodybuilding or whatever, and you're training hard, it will change the shape of your body. But it doesn't do a lot for actual weight loss. It kind of helps really well with weight main maintenance. But again, it's like people think, if I'm not trying to lose weight, I don't really have to exercise. And it's like, mm. well, it feels really good though. It makes your brain work properly and it gives you all those beautiful endorphins and things. So why wouldn't you? Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. So does, yeah. does diet actually come into the body love method at all or is it something that? Yeah. That it does? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so the next part is fuel. <laughs> so we do talk a bit about diet. I, um, I kind of like, if I'm going to talk about diet specifically with a client, I might introduce them to the Ayurvedic principles. <clears throat> um, I actually really like those because they are, um, they're really body accepting. They're not trying to change the way your body looks. They're trying to work with the body that you have. So that's one thing that I kind of recommend. I do recommend things like, um, you know, perhaps going on a detox every couple of, you know, every six months or every year, I think, because although it's a very extreme thing to do, it's also kind of, if you flip it, it's kind of loving because it's helping you sort of recalibrate and check in with what's working for your body in this particular moment because if you kind of eat mindlessly all the time, Sometimes all the crappy stuff sneaks in and you can't even feel how that's making you feel anymore. Mm, so I kind I'm of recommend I'm with you. I think it's good to have like a seasonal or an annual reset. Um, so, yes, you, you know, like this time of the year, like so we're recording in February, you know, and it's been a whole month of summer, um, well, longer two months of summer in Australia. And, you know, things do, you know, it's human nature to, for things to kind of just slip in and you know creep back in you know, a little bit too much sugar a little bit extra alcohol so i think it's good to have a bit of a reset and just strip back and say right you know what's my intention where am i going to clean up a little bit so that you're just kind of resetting aren't you and, 
and not just kind of unraveling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's not to say I'm doing this because I've put on weight and I feel like crap yes. and I'm a terrible person. Absolutely. It's, it's changing that mindset. And then we, we talk about daily rituals. So instead of daily routines or creating habits or whatever, they all sound a bit boring. So talk about rituals. Um, so what are the one or two or three things that you're going to commit to doing for yourself on a daily basis? And these things will change, um, but I think it's really important to really kind of ritualise these things because that's, that's the word ritual makes it really personal, whereas if you're talking about a routine or a habit, it's usually something that someone else has directed you to do, whereas if you can ritualise something, um, you know, it becomes really personal. And when it becomes personal, it's something that, that you actually want to do. So that's daily rituals. And then the last part is up-leveling, which I think is a made-up word, but I don't care. <laughs> I always get auto-corrected <laughs> when I try and write it. <laughs> but um, this is where if you've gone through the body love method and you're feeling really good about yourself, at this point hopefully you're like, how can I feel even better? Like mm. if I can feel this different now, what is next for me? And this is, this is the point of the method is that women can learn the method and then they've got these tools for life, right? So you get to the end of doing the whole body love method for 12 weeks with me, for instance, and then you're like, what's next? Okay, I'm going to set a new intention and I'm going to use these tools that I've learned to help me get to the next intention. And then you finish your up level you go to the next intention. But the other flip side of this is that um, usually at some point, and probably it's not at this point, it's probably been earlier on, we hit that whole self-sabotage thing. So it's a, this is a point at where I talk about, you know, what's, what's the chemistry involved in that? Um, you know, Tamala Ridge talks about this where, you know, you get addicted to the stress hormones. So you're trying to just get more stress hormones by self-sabotaging. It's one of the best ways of doing it. So at this point we talk about that as well, whether or not the, the, the client or, you know, the students in that position at the moment or not, but just to give them the tools to understand why they'll self-sabotage so they can bring awareness to it and hopefully help um, either forgive themselves if they do or maybe even um, prevent it from happening in the first place. So, so self-sabotage, that's, that's it, and it's wonderful. It's very holistic and I love how it, you've brought all your different aspects of your zone of genius into this amazing like it's blown me away what you're doing with the body love um method and, and your academy which we're going to get into as well like seriously like I'm yeah. so I just love that what you're doing and, and that that's here for women and um, so thank you for you know taking your journey and your skills and creating this because it's, it's freaking amazing. And I'm so glad to just ha have this podcast interview with you to find out what it's all about, what you do. So yeah, hats off to you. Yep. Very cool. Thank you. Very cool. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about self-sabotage. So you, you do, do you think self-sabotage is kind of like inevitable? It's like, Oh, here it is. We knew that was going to come when you were doing all of this, you know, up leveling and, um, wanting to like clear things, clear things up in your life and declutter and, and, and really sort of make some positive changes. Is, is self-sabotage inevitable? I, I hate to say it, but I think it is. And I think uh, like on different levels, I, you know, a self-sabotage might be that 
you know, you're trying to do your detox and you stuff up on day three, that's not really a big deal. I've had clients who have, you know, paid me up front for their 12 week program, come three sessions and never come back, <laughs> you know, and um, that could mean that I, my program's shit, but I don't think it is. I think it's a classic example of self-sabotage. They're kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I've, had same, I've had the same people book in and you know they even book the appointments and then just don't don't turn up and but then always have this thing yeah. like oh i'll do that oh i'm sorry i couldn't make that up but i'll do that you know in down track because there's always this like belief that in three months six months a year there'll be more time there'll be more money and you'll be skinnier like there's always this like <laughs> So yeah, like mindset that that's yeah. how it's going to be. But guess what? Three months later, everything's the same. You still got the same amount of money and the same amount of time, and you still look the same. So you might as well just live your life now and stop waiting for this Nirvana time that's never going to happen. Sorry, a bit. Yeah. No, fair enough. I completely agree with you. And so, <laughs> you know, to me, that's a class. That's like, in in my mind, that's almost the worst self sabotage because they came so far, like to book the appointment to say yes to the program, to hand over their cash. They want this, they want this, they want this. And they start to feel a little bit better usually, but then they just like, oh, no, I'm not safe. This is not safe. So, you know, again, this is why I like putting things like the chakras into the system or to the method because, you know, that's totally based chakra stuff. They don't feel safe. They're not used to feeling good about themselves. They don't have their basic self-worth kind of sorted out, you know. So... Yeah, I think self-sabotage is inevitable, but it depends on the level. And it also depends on how you respond to it, right? So hopefully by the time people finish my program, they'll say at the end, if I have self-sabotage, this is a beautiful reminder of where I need to work and a little bit harder, what I need to work on. So it's actually a piece of data you can work with rather than something that's a total piece of, you know, says that you're a total piece of shit. It's actually a great thing. Yeah, it is like, and, and I, you know, I experience self sabotage or upper limits all the time. Like, you know, something, yeah. something amazing happens in your business or, or your health or your life, and then before you know it, you're thinking crazy thoughts about something else, and and it's just developing that awareness that this is inevitable. Yeah. I agree with you. I think upper limits self sabotage is part of the, the human growth um, piece, and I think that it's actually a good sign because, you know. If, doubts and feeling scared it's all just a sign that you're doing something new and that change and growth can only come from doing something new and the comfort zone actually isn't very comfortable because you're just stagnating and (laughs) who wants to do that so like if you're feeling scared if you're feeling like you want to self-sabotage it's good learn some tools of what to do when that comes up so that you can bust through it and and pop out at the next level. Yeah, absolutely. So exciting. So exciting. So your, your, your (laughs) method, like this is great. It's so great. You can do this one-on-one with your clients, but you've got bigger plans than that. Oh yeah. (laughs) Of course I do. (laughs) Tell us about your academy. Yeah. So so we've just started the first round of the academy. Um, And so what I'm doing now is I'm teaching other women how to teach the body love method to their people and create their own little business. Because I guess from my, I didn't talk about this in great detail when I talked about my story, but my old corporate career almost broke me, (laughs) you know, like it really, 
the stress around that, and I think it, I think the stress around that had a lot to do with my endometriosis issues. Um, it it was full on, right? And I felt really trapped by that. And in some respects, I think it's lucky that I didn't have children and I didn't have a mortgage because that meant I could get up and leave my life and create something new. But a lot of women don't feel like that. They feel really trapped, and they. This is where a lot of their terrible. Um, air quoting terrible health habits come from because they're really stressed all the time and so self-medicating with sugar and chocolate and and wine and everything else is a great way to get through that it feels like a great way to get through that so anyway part of the reason why I've created the academy is to help women have some level of um, autonomy in their lives to be able to choose to create a new business and so um, there's that side of the academy. There's also the side of the academy that I will talk to certain people about the body love method and certain women will be attracted to me. But I've had people say to me, oh, are you going to do something for teenagers and are you going to do something for men and, and all that sort of stuff? And it's, like, it's really hard for me to talk about this for every single person in the world because I, I, I don't have experience with those kind of groups of people. So some of the women that have joined my academy, like one woman spent most of last year um, in a battle with breast cancer and so she's now wanting to really help women who have breast cancer laugh themselves through the, through the journey and that just, I mean, that just blows me away that someone's going to be able to use my method to help women you know, with cancer. Or I've got another woman who's got a lot of autoimmune disease problems so she's going to be able to sort of help women in that scenario. Um, so this, you know, another woman's a mother, you know, and she's got four kids and so she, she's been struggling, I guess, with the post-baby body kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I just i am really excited that me teaching my method to other women will create a ripple effect where they can teach the method to their people and some people have said to me, well, you're already the body love coach. Do we need more body love coaches? And I'm like, well, there's a personal trainer on every corner and they're all teaching, you know, calories in, calories out and fat loss and all that sort of stuff. Why can't there be a body love coach on every corner as well and teaching loving kindness and compassion? Like imagine the difference in the world if there was more of that. So that's oh, my mission with that. I love it. I love it. It's, it's perfect. And, you know, like you say, you can't be the every you can't individually get to every single person on the planet you know and i also think that um other people who are going to come across your method will need to hear it from somebody else you know like there's so there's, there's so much yes. the same message out there but we all find a particular mentor or who we want to hear it from you know so i love yep. that you've you've made this um this available and i'm just love to see all the women who are signing up for it and hearing a little bit about their sorry about the machinery noises um we have to start doing podcasts in the car i think but um but yeah look i just i love it it's absolutely um it's absolutely incredible like I love it. And I think that there needs to be a body love coach on every corner. And wouldn't it be great if all the personal trainers did your, your course as well and were able to reach, you know, just your everyday person and, and, and teach them your method. Yeah. 
because life's hard enough as it is, right? You know, like why uh, the, the freedom I have felt since I have stopped being concerned about the way I look. And I'm going to be obviously honest and say there are days where I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> I've got this 45-year-old body. <laughs> but most of the time I don't think that. And the, the amount of freedom that has given me, like I know I'm, I talk about body love, but until I loved my body, I wouldn't have had the space to create something like the Body Love Academy because I would have been spending all of my time thinking, have I eaten too much today? How big is my belly? I can't go on Facebook Live and all, you know, all those kind of things. And so the freedom you get from just deciding to love your body is, is amazing and there's enough stress going on without all this body shame. So that's why I'm really passionate about it. Mm. Absolutely. You've got, you've got this body. You've got, you might as well love it. It's like, it's like having curly brown hair and wanting yes. Every, you know, everybody, everybody who's got boobs, thinks their boobs are too big and wants, you know, like and everyone who's flat chested wants boobs. It's like almost like human nature to always want. Yes. Don't have. So I guess it's real progress to just completely love and accept and embrace what you do have and go ahead and start living your bloody life because seriously, like what's around the corner? Like you just don't know. And yeah, all of those missed opportunities, like you say, like you don't want to do Facebook lives because you're "Mm, what people going to think of me. It, yeah, just a big pile of missed opportunity. So, so I love it. I love yeah. it. Now, um, this is my first podcast back since big summer break, and I forgot to start with my opening question, which is, what did Emma yes. Collette have for breakfast today? <laughs> so tell me. Oh, yeah. Well, I just like it's my um latest thing. I'm having porridge at the moment. I know it's winter, oh, summer, but um, it's another thing. It's another decluttering thing, right? I was finding breakfast a stressful thing. Like what am I going to eat and trying to have something different every day? But now I have porridge with um, some yogurt stirred through it. Delicious. Yum. Yeah. Sounds delicious. And what's your take on the three? I know we've touched on it a little bit, like in a negative way. Um, What's your take on coffee, wine and chocolate? Uh, I think all of them, um, <laughs> all of them are good. Um, at the same and all time. Of them <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, you have you definitely have an espresso martini with some dark chocolate. You'll be fine. Mm. Um, I think, look, oh, it's, I, it's a really complicated question because all three of those can influence um, stress responses in the body like if you're already kind of chronically stressed. But in general, I think they're all okay. Mm. That could be a whole other podcast maybe. That is, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, totally. And I think, yeah, there's a big difference, like you say, from like having your goon bags, <laughs> cask wine. <laughs> with, with, you know, like it's, a, it's different, isn't it, to now, you know, perhaps having some organic, preservative-free, delicious, high-quality wine, having alcohol-free days, getting beautiful. Yeah. Um, high cocoa percentage chocolate as opposed to, you know, the purple stuff, you know? Yeah. Just in case yeah. Cadbury's want to sponsor my show. <laughs> <laughs> Would you take it? No. <laughs> I was going to say, what? <laughs> no, I don't think that we're aligned uh, particularly well. No. Um, so we're, no. Just coming, we're just coming to the end of the show now, but I'm really curious yeah. to find out about, Feeling fat versus actually being fat. Like, is, tell me about that. Is there a difference? 
There is a difference. And I, I spent New Year's Eve, no, I didn't spend the whole of New Year's Eve, but as I was drifting off to sleep on New Year's Eve, I was a bit tipsy. It was actually New Year's morning. You know what I mean? I was reading a book called Body Respect, and it's by this amazing woman who's a scientist called Linda Bacon. How awesome is that name? She talked about body respect and her name's Bacon. I just love it. Anyway, she's, um, she's doing a lot of research to show that actually being overweight is not the worst thing in the world and being fat has totally been uh, hijacked by the health industry because there is so much stuff that can be sold to people who are fat because we've de- demonised how bad being fat is for your body so the idea is that actually the stress around feeling fat and the feelings of self-worth negative self-worth and um sort of never having control over your body because you you know you feel like your body's never good enough is actually worse for your health than actually being fat which just kind of blows my mind Mm. And so there's also studies to show that our feelings of autonomy over our life will influence our levels of health more than how, how much weight we are carrying as well. So things like, you know, if you work in a middle management job and you're being told what to do all the time, there's this whole theory that, you know, it's, it's um, executive men with big bellies who have heart attacks. It's actually not them who are having the heart attacks. It's their underlings at work who are having the heart attacks. Yeah, right. So if you're in a senior position, it doesn't matter how big you are, you're less likely to have heart attacks because you've got autonomy over your life, you've got enough money to pay your bills, no one's telling you what to do kind of thing. But that autonomy can also relate to things like um, sexism, racism, fatism, ageism, you know, homophobic stuff. So if you're in any of those minority kind of um, populations you won't feel like you have autonomy over your life because you're always being told to do because you're not the right you don't fit in with the majority so and you don't feel like you fit in with the majority so those populations have more health problems than the general population who might be overweight so it's i'm not a scientist and i can't really remember all the the studies that she quotes, but this whole book is full of studies to just prove that the medical industry and the diet industry have totally taken over this idea of being fat is the worst possible thing you can do. The same number of people who are fat have diabetes as those who are not fat have diabetes kind of thing, but we don't talk about that. No, we don't talk about that. So this book, and sorry, I did laugh at your bacon joke, um, but I was actually on mute frantically running around yes. the house, closing all the windows, trying to <laughs> the sound of the bobcat that's outside my window. <laughs> but I, too, like, yeah. oh, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm on, I'm on mute. So she'd be like, oh, <laughs> for that joke. So the book is called Body Respect by? Yeah, Linda Bacon. Linda Bacon. Oh, um, I think that's one of Amazing them. book. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to read that one. So I would read, if you're interested in, like, just trying to change your mindset around body positivity and how important weight is body respect is really good and another book called body positive power um by megan crab she's on instagram as well she's body posi panda on instagram um but just some really good people because 
the other day again, Facebook I posted because I was having one of my days where I didn't feel very attractive. I was quite bloated in my stomach, feeling pretty crappy. And really felt like was sort of felt myself going into my old you know, five-year-old thinking patterns about how crappy I am because my belly was big. And but because I've cultivated my Facebook feed and my Instagram feed, I see a lot more um, diverse bodies now. And so when I started to see some larger bodies that were really beautiful bodies, I was like, ah, oh, that's right. Bigger bodies can be beautiful too. So I think reading these books, um, cultivating your feed, seeing different sized bodies is a really powerful thing you can do as well. Mm, and like, you know, social media gets quite a slam in. Um, you know, for that comparisonitis. But I actually feel mm. that social media can be really helping turn the tide with this because, um, you know, like you, you can't, you can't um, have any say on what's going to be in Cosmopolitan or Vogue or whatever those magazines are that I don't read anymore or what's going to be on the yeah. news or the t- on the TV when you switch it on. But you can have complete autonomy over what is in your social media feed. So anything that you see that makes you feel a little bit less than worthy, stop following it and start to fill your feed. Yeah. You have Emma with um, the positive. It's the same whenever I go on Facebook, I'm just completely inspired with all these amazing recipes and, you know, people spending time in nature and spirituality and, and meditation and ways that you can be spiritual but also be ambitious and healthy and wealthy and all these amazing things that I never knew were possible. Um, but you can access all of this because, you know, social media is such a grassroots thing. You can really get access to everybody, um, even like me and you. What a great segue to ask you. I didn't even know that was coming, but thank you, universe. That was <laughs> how, can we, <laughs> how can we find out about you, Emma? How, what's your website where are you on social media and what's the name of your podcast ah, well my um, website's bodylovehq.com and you can find me on facebook um i think if you just google bodylovehq you'll get me you can also find me on instagram and it's at emma.body.love and my podcast called the body love show of course <laughs> so lots of love and bodies lots of love and bodies awesome now is there anything else that you wanted to leave our listeners with today before we wrap up the show oh, i just wanted to say that um the the next round of the body love academy will start in july but um if you want to get on the waiting list, not to necessarily, you don't have to sign up, but if you're interested in the idea of joining the academy, because you don't have to have any experience in this industry to do it, but you will have experience by the end of the 12 months. Um, if you sign up early in terms of going on the waiting list, just to be, to get an inquiry in, I'm not saying this very well, you do get a discount if you do decide to join up. So if you go to bodylovehq.com slash first, then you'll get um, you put your name and your email address in there, and you'll get on the list. And if you decide to do the academy, you'll get a nice discount. That's mm. awesome. And let's talk about the, the price of doing um, of doing Body Love Academy because from what I've seen, I know that you, you're running um, like your first round, and um, so it's you know obviously heavily discounted at this round because it's the first first one, and you, you'll be you know. Uh, learning yep. a lot from your from your students and um, as you go through, but it's it's not a massive investment. Yep. If you're going to make a career from being a body love coach, I thought that your body love academy was very doable in terms of 
um, at investment. So what sort of price would people be looking at? Well, the next round will be um, $3,499 for the year or you can do $349 a month for 12 months. Um, I've done that absolutely I've done this for an absolute specific reason. I had the coach who's not my coach, but someone who wanted to be my coach saying, she charged $10,000 for it. That's what it's worth. And I thought, you know what, going back to my point earlier, I want to have a body love coach on every corner. I want this to be accessible to everyone because the only way we're going to change the way women feel about their bodies is to have this message go out to the world, right? So I want it to be very, very accessible and I remember when I lived in Sydney before I quit and moved back to um, to WA, I wasn't, money is something I'm working on. I'm not great with money. And if my if the health coaching course I'd done was $10,000, I would never have been able to do it and I would have felt trapped. So I've done this specifically to make it accessible to lots and lots of people. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it, Sam. Like I, my primal health coaching course was totally doable. You know, it was like, like the sim, similar kind of price point um, and, to, and, and payment yeah. plan. And if it was 10 grand, I'd never have done it. I never would have gone out and, you know, helped over 300 women. I never would have created my food range. That helps everybody, makes their life a lot easier, you know. So I love what you're doing. So you're yeah. looking for um, a really accessible and, and perfect for, you know, you know, I'm like so tempted to do this, to be honest, but like, <laughs> like Sam, yeah, but like, you know, like for me, yeah, good. when I was stuck in, when I was stuck in my corporate job and it, I had a similar corporate shitty experience to what you did. Great at the time, learnt loads of skills, very grateful, etc. But like, it was really hard and I could not see a way out of some, something I could do, you know, that was going to fit around my kids yeah and I did all sorts of things like delivering leaflets babysitting which is really hard when you've got your own kids you know like so to have something like yeah. this that actually is really aligned with your passion and you can help other people and have huge autonomy around how big you grow your business freaking awesome like I really love it and I want to um get this yeah. message to as many people as possible because I think that being a body love coach is something that would really appeal to a lot of people who are listening to this so Go and check Emma out. Yeah, so cool. Emma, thank you so much. Thank you. I've really enjoyed this. It's been great. It's been heaps of fun. And we have to get together for that apparel spritz. Mm. Is that how you say it? Yes. I think you say apparel. Apparel. Ah. In Italy they say ah instead of a. Yeah. I don't know how you said it anyway. But we can discuss that over an apparel spritz. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. So for those okay. of you who are going, what are they talking about? Um, Emma posted a picture of herself on social media having an Aperol spritz. And I was like, oh, my God, what's that? Mm-hmm. And it's Prosecco, which is my favourite drink in the whole world, um, with this mm. Aperol, which is like a fortified wine. It's not super strong. It's only about 11%, which yeah. is a relief. And you have that with some uh, slices of orange. I put mint in as well and some soda water. And it is the nicest, yeah. you like, gone gluten-free and you miss having a cold beer on a hot summer's day then this is a yes. long drink that doesn't knock your head blow your socks off like i can't do cocktails because i don't yeah. like being drunk anymore like you don't like the feeling but this is just refreshing it's almost like a it's like a pims and lemonade but without all the sweetness do you know what i mean it's got that same mm. color that yeah. same taste that same 
summer vibe. So yeah, we and I'm not just going to be one of those people say, yeah, let's get together for that. We have to. No, no, we're doing it. Doing it. Right, (laughs) we're doing it. It's done. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for being here. Yes, I'm here. Thank you. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.